I want to give a quick reason why we do this and a little bit of uh, just the baptism talk. This is different from saving faith baptism. Everyone who is being baptized today, and as we've heard, had that moment when they had made a personal response to Christ's sacrifice for our sins. In 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. The point is, Christ didn't die to help us have better self-esteem. He didn't die so that we could have happier marriages or more successful careers. He died for our sins. If you take sin out of the picture, then Christ didn't have to die. It wouldn't be called the good news. It would just be news. The great thing is when we accept Christ, there's this abundant life that we talked about. There's a good life that we have going forward with him. But the Bible is clear that our sins have alienated us from God. If we die in our sins, we will spend eternity separated from God, paying the just penalty for our sins. But the good news, the good news, is that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, came to earth to bear the punishment that we deserve. He lived a perfectly righteous life so that he had no sin of his own to atone for. Being fully human, his death could atone for human sins, but he also is fully God, that his death had infinite value. Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He, God, made him Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. These three today have accepted that. And if there is anybody here today that hasn't accepted that into their life, that you want to have a relationship with this man named Jesus, there's an opportunity to do that today. After there has been this acceptance of the gospel, of Christ, the good news, one of the acts we see after this personal confession is baptism. Baptism is this, the outward confession of the inward reality of saving faith. Your faith inside me made public outwardly. We see Jesus Christ baptized in scripture. And John the Baptist, he was like, this is, why are you being baptized? He's like, you should be baptizing us. And the baptism I'm doing is a baptism of repentance. I'm just preparing the way for you. You should be baptizing me, John the Baptist said to Jesus. But Jesus said in Matthew 3.13, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Evidently, Jesus saw his life as the fulfillment of all righteousness. The fact that participating in a baptism of repentance, even though he had no sin to repent of, shows that the righteousness he wanted to fulfill was the righteousness required not of himself, but of every sinful man. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. It was a sign of the death and resurrection. It was something he called us to do. And for us, believers of Christ, we publicly say to everyone that I am laying down the old man and we come out of the water as a new person. Baptism is the public portrayal of what happened to us when we accepted Christ as our Savior and chose it to turn away from sin and to follow him. Colossians 2.12 says, Paul says there, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. As we read the New Testament after the Gospels, we see salvation and baptism, they go hand in hand. 
If I was to put into phrase, like what the, the book of Acts really, like I see a lot, is this, to believe and be baptized. These two happen so close together. Perhaps because of the Great Commission, right? When Jesus was ascending, he said in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Am I on? Yes, again. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. They took Jesus' commandment very literally. Make disciples and baptize them. How many times do we see this in Acts? A whole lot. And I'm just going to close with this. I know. Amazing, eh? I'm going to read this passage. Acts 8, 32 to 38. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said this, Look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I mean, what a perfect lead for Philip, right? The eunuch is having questions. He's like, yeah, I know that guy. That guy's name is Jesus. And you see here, religion is spelled do, D-O. A bunch of stuff you are supposed to do. And then if I do do what I'm supposed to do, I did say do-do, God will accept me. But the gospel is this. The gospel is spelled done. D-O-N-E. I am accepted because of what Jesus has done for me. Philip began to tell him the good news of Christ, and the eunuch made a decision, boom, right then and there. He receives the gift of Jesus. Upon making this decision, he was like, I want to be baptized. You see, he asked the question, what hinders me from being baptized? And evidently, Philip said nothing. Because the next thing you see is them both down in the water. I'm not sure if some type of Saskatchewan-type slough that they found or a man-made lake. I'm not sure what happened there. But there was some water on the side of the road. Who knows how deep it was? Let's not talk about that. He got baptized. Right there on the side of the road, there was some water. But like, are we missing a few things? Are we skipping a few steps? Like, don't we need a ceremony? Uh, do we need some classes? Do we need some confirmation? Do we need a walking out? Do we need to pray a prayer? Do we need to prove we're sincere by living the Christian life for about three years with no missed Sundays? Uh, no alcohol binging? And do we need, why didn't they take the doctrinal exam yet? I didn't see that in the scripture. No. This was normal practice in Acts. Not just a one-time thing. In Acts 2.38, Peter preached, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And that day, all those who believed the word were baptized, 3,000 of them. Philip preached in Samaria, and a bunch of Samaritans believed, and they were baptized immediately. Paul was led back by the hand to Damascus after God blinded him and converted him on the Damascus road. And immediately after Paul got there, he was baptized. 
Cornelius and his garrison of Roman soldiers were baptized and apparently seconds after hearing the gospel for the very first time. They heard it, believed it, and the apostle says they believed and there is water. What hinders them from being baptized? Nothing. Lydia was baptized on the same day she trusted in Jesus. And then Acts 16.34, the Philippian jailer believed at midnight and was baptized before dawn on the next day. Why do I tell these stories? Why do I say them? Are you trying to show us that we're doing it all wrong? We wait too long to be baptized. No, no. The Lord will speak to you and you will know that time when you're to be baptized. Are you trying to get more people baptized today? No, but I'm not opposed to it. If you want to be baptized, there's water out there. I say this all to show that how closely they were connected is because this is a huge part of being a disciple of Christ. That baptism is an important act in discipleship. It was so important that it was done almost immediately after one's acceptance of him as a savior. I waited like four or five years after I accepted Christ. But it was important. Baptism, what we're doing here today, is important. The magnitude, amazing. There are three that are taking an important steps in their faith, in their discipleship, and in their relationship with Christ. And we get to be a part of it. So, what I'm going to do now is we, I'm going to close in prayer. And as I pray, this isn't a closing prayer as service is over, but for those who have maybe here never heard hearing this for the first time, I want to accept Jesus into my life. Repeat quietly after me this prayer that I say. Then after this prayer, we're all going to walk out into the courtyard. If you don't know the court, where the courtyard is, follow, follow the swath of people that are going to be making their way out there. And then we're going to surround and watch these three be baptized. All right. For those who are hearing this message for the first time, or maybe you've, you've been running away from this message, I've realized I need to accept Christ as the one who came to die for my sins. I want you to pray this prayer silently. Lord, I realize that you died on the cross for me and my sins. I accept that into my life and I choose now to follow you. I realize that you are the savior of the world. That eternal, miraculous life is with you. And so I commit today my life to you. Amen. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Okay, you've expressed your desire to follow Jesus. Is he the Lord of your life? Yes. Okay, then upon that confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sarah, your oh, turn. I am short. <laughs> I'm going to invite Nikki to come in. Sarah's asked that Nikki would be part of this. Check, Leo. I'll get you. Okay. This is like a 
Lord of your life? Yeah. Okay, then upon that confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. coming to our service. Be with each other. Mingle. Thank you for coming. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs>